Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. I feel one of them rowdy, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal preachers coming on me. If you're able, would you stand, would you stand for the reading of the word? And then after this, the only time you're going to stand from here on out is on you. Come on. If you, if you like it, then you can stand. Uh, I, I just believe that we stand for so much that doesn't matter. That we ought to stand for what really does. And the word of God is worth standing for. Amen. The Bible is very clear that he esteems his word above his name. If you want to know how God feels about the word, he put it above his own name, the Bible says. Well, are you ready for the word? I feel like preaching just a little bit. The book of Exodus, the book of Exodus. I know it's Christmas, but we're going to go to Exodus. The book of Exodus chapter 12. And uh, once again, while while you're flipping to Exodus 12, I just want to thank God for this incredible team. Thank God for our staff. Thank God for our pastors. Uh, Didn't you just love the new foyer when you came in? Wasn't it incredible? Just awesome. More and more and more is happening. We're not slowing down. We're going further and further. In Jesus' name, there's much more vision, things that have to be done in the house of God, people left to be reached. If you've got Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 through 11, say amen. And do you give me just permission to be myself today? Can I just preach it like I feel it? This is what the word of the Lord would say today. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, this month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying on the 10th month, on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need, you shall make account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take of it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of that same month. Then the whole assembly, watch this, of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted with fire and with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall, there it is again, eat it. And do not eat it raw nor boiled with with water, but roasted in fire. Watch this. Its head and its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. And what remains of it in the morning, you shall burn with fire. There it is. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist sandals on your feet and a staff in your hand so you shall eat it in haste it is the lord's passover i want to preach for just a moment sometimes as a preacher we preach from the angle of prophecy and it's prophetic but the message i bring to you is not as much prophetic as it is a reminder because god told me to come in here this morning and preach a message to you 
He said to tell you that you are what you eat. I'm, I'm going to say it again. God told me to tell you and remind you that you are what you eat. Ooh, I feel him right there. Let me pray and I'm going to preach it. Father, thank you for your presence today. I need it. People need it. Open your mouth and speak in this room. Speak until pain turns to power. Speak until tragedy turns to triumph. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, shout amen. You can be seated. And as you're seated, just look at somebody. Tell them, say, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. If there's anything I believe that you have to understand about the preacher that stands in front of you today is that this preacher loves the Word of God. Is there anybody that loves the Word of God in this room? You're enamored with the Word of God. I love the Word of God for many reasons. I, I love it for its strength and its power and it's that the fact that it's daily bread. I love the fact that the Word of God is historical, meaning that it's really real and it really happened. I, I love the context of the Word of God, but perhaps what I love about the Word of God the most is that the Word of God is packed full of real and applicable revelation that we can peek into this book on one day and see one thing and come back to the same passage two weeks later to the same verse open the bible up and get something real fresh from something old come on somebody i love the word of god that is packed with revelation revelation that goes into every verse and every scripture and every comma and every punctuation even down to the very titles of the books of the bible significant and applicable revelation what am i trying to tell you i'm trying to tell you that all you have to do sometimes before you even read the book is look at the title of the book and God will speak. What do you mean, Pastor Josh? I'm trying to tell you that all you have to do is look at the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, and before you even get into in the beginning, there's enough revelation in the word Genesis that should set your soul free. What do you mean, Pastor Josh? Because the word of the word the word Genesis, the first book of the Bible, means that it's a book of beginnings. In other words, the first thing God is trying to tell his people is that he knows how to start a thing. Oh, come on, somebody. I said God knows how to start something. God knows how to start it despite it. God knows how to come in no matter what it looks like. It can be low, dark, and lonely. It can be a mess. It can be chaotic. It can be crazy. But if God ever makes up his mind to get over top of that thing and speak down into it, the Genesis God can start something out of nothing. Oh, I wish I had some people who were in a dark season, a low season, or a lonely season. I dare you just to look at every demonic spirit uh, every principality that said it would never change and just look at him and say wait till God gets here wait till God gets here because when God gets here let there be light and when God gets here let it let something change when God gets here something shifts God knows how to start a thing God knows how to start a thing despite a thing. And the reason why most of us didn't, didn't really shout right there and didn't praise God right there is because we are living the Christian life on the wrong dimension. The reason why some of us didn't get up and shout and run right there is because we live our entire Christian life in the realm called fact. 
fact. We live our whole life with fact. And if you love fact, then you love circumstance. Because factually, things happen in life. Come on, somebody, talk to me. I said, factually, things happen. Factually, you go to the doctor and he gives you a diagnosis that is contrary to what your body wants and what your mind needs. You can go to the doctor and get the fact that you have cancer. But see, what I'm trying to get in your spirit this morning is that you're not called to live in the dimension called fact. Real believers don't live according to fact. They live according to truth. Real believers say, I know what the facts may be, but I know truth is greater than fact. Because the fact may be I got cancer, but the truth is God's a healer. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The fact may be I'm feeling depressed, but I serve the God who is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the Holy Ghost told me to tell you, it's time to come up higher. It's time to walk a little higher this moment. God is calling his people out of fact in the truth because if you got the truth baby the truth will set you free oh. in fact i give you 10 seconds right here to get yourself up out of your fact and lift your hands and your voice and say god give me truth truth Let truth prevail this morning. Let truth run in like a river this morning. Let truth set you free. And when you live like you, like you know truth, people think you're crazy. Because you'll start businesses with no money. When you live like that, people think you're crazy because you'll show up to the doctor going, how you doing, doc? Good to see you today. Are you all right? God bless you, doctor. He's going to say, why? You say, hey, I know you got your report, but I got mine too. I got mine too. And God is a Genesis God. And whatever God starts, he sustains. One of the greatest questions you can ask in any venture for God is, did you start it? Because I don't want to be a part of anything God didn't start. He starts it, he sustains it, and that, my friends, is just a little bit of what the book of Genesis would offer God's people. But our text this morning is not in Genesis. Our text is in the book of and as excited as I was that he's my Genesis God, I, I'm even more excited that he is my Exodus God. Because how many know you got yourself in some stuff you couldn't get yourself out of? You, you got yourself in some messes, made some decisions that had you bound. But aren't you thankful that no matter what you got yourself into, that before the enemy could get you, and as the enemy was coming in for the kill, God came in and opened a door and liberated you and set you free. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that could take about 15 seconds and thank God that he got you out. No, this ain't for churchy people. This ain't for the religious. This is for the redeemed. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I couldn't have gotten out had he not set me free. 
and you're gonna have to forgive me sometimes because there's moments in my life I look back over my life and I realize how bound I was how addicted I was how messed up I was and I couldn't get out on my own so forgive me if I dance real hard every once in a while forgive me if I shout real loud and preach real hard and sweat a lot because I wouldn't be here had he not set me free Are there any free people in the room this morning? The book of Exodus tells me that he is the get me out God. That it doesn't matter what you're bound in today and no matter what you're stuck in today, he's so big and he's so mighty and he's so powerful that there is nothing too tough that God can't break the chain. And he is my Genesis God. And he is my Exodus God. But my confusion was what happens in between the books. It's how God could come into chaos and turn it into cosmos in Genesis. Yet before we know it, just a few pages over, the same people who have been set free are back bound. Because perhaps the struggle of humanity is not just getting free, it's staying free. Perhaps the real fight we all face is not knowing he can get me out, it's how we live once he liberates me. Perhaps in the body we need a new definition of freedom. Because let me tell you what freedom is not. Am I helping anybody? Let me tell you what freedom is not. Freedom is not the time in between when you did it last and you do it again. I said freedom is not, not the space and time that you had when you did it last and felt guilty and when you do it again and feel guilty because that's not biblical freedom. Well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says who the sun sets free is is this too much on a Sunday morning who the sun sets free is free indeed in other words when Jesus sets you free it's the kind of freedom that won't let you get caught again and I'm afraid of that some of us in the body have not experienced true biblical Christian uh, freedom in our lives why because we are still struggling with stuff uh, that God said if you would submit to me and give to me I would take the care so that you could express yourself because real freedom isn't known until it's expressed well pastor Josh I don't like a loud church they just get too loud in fact pastor josh you get too loud i don't like all these people running all these people waving flags oh this ain't church this is crazy well let me tell you something how else would people know how else would somebody bound know that they could get free if those who were free never acted like they were free y'all ain't see 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 don't i don't want to be in a church where i got a bunch of religious people trying to take the temperature of the room all the time the devil is a liar give me some people who know they wouldn't even be here if god hadn't set them free and then let them shout and dance and run to let everybody else around them know that if he set me free 
He can set you free too. Oh, if I got any free people, testify for about 15 seconds. Open up your mouth and do what you got to do to show you're free. I'm free and I don't care who knows it. I'm free and I don't care if you like me. I'm free. I'm going to worship. I'm going to praise. I am free. Some of us claim freedom and still manifest bondage. How can you claim you have been set free and still stand there in the presence of God unmoved? How can you claim that he liberated you from the deepest, darkest, grossest, perverse sin and still stand there and say, move me? Baby, that ain't freedom. Because if you ever get really free, you'll say, move out the way. Move out the way. I got I to gotta give him some glory. Move out the way. Sing it again. In fact, you can sing it all day. Because I don't come for my favorite singer. I don't show up for my favorite preacher. I just want Jesus. The book of Exodus is not just a book of get me out then. It is the book of second chances. Has God ever given anybody a second chance in this room? Has God ever given you grace and mercy? Even when you didn't deserve it, when you should have been locked up and should have died and should have been. I'm just reminding you this morning, when you should have been in chaos and when the marriage should have been divorced. All that stuff. Is anybody thankful for second chances? And God will do whatever it takes to liberate his people. He will chase you down until you say yes. He will wake you up. Oh. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night and stir your sleep until you realize that he's the only thing you've been missing from the life all that you're living. He will mess with you because he will do anything it takes to get you to where you're called to be. The book of Exodus is a book of second chances. And God says, when I deliver you, and when I delivered them, he said, I didn't deliver them to wander. I delivered my people so that they could worship. I didn't bring them out to wander aimlessly. I brought them out so that they could meet me and we could have relationship and they could worship and I could be God. And all of this makes sense only in the context of you understanding God's real purpose behind this moment in Scripture, the Passover moment. Many people only see the Passover moment as the liberation moment, as the second chance moment. But God is trying to show his people that something is about to change so significantly that they can't stay where they've been. Is this too deep on a Sunday morning? What God was trying to tell his people is, yes, I'm getting you out. Yes, I'm setting you free. But I'm doing it because what you've been waiting on is closer than what you think. How do you know that, Pastor Josh? 
because God said to his people, I will do anything it takes to liberate you, so much so that I will even move the calendar on your behalf. It's in your Bible. He looked at them and said, is this, good to, is this good to you this morning? He looked at this people he was about to deliver and said, I am delivering you. He said, and this is how I'm going to do it. It's so big what's coming. It's so great what's coming. He said, I'm going to shift the calendar. And this month is not even supposed to be the first month. But it's going to become the first month to you. About half of y'all got that. Because there's a prophecy hidden in the deliverance that I'm getting you out because something is about to shift immediately in your life. I'm setting you free. I will change time if I've got to change time. I will flip the calendar if I've got to flip the calendar. I know it's November, but I'm going to make it feel like January because there's so much on your life that needs to happen today. What is the Holy Ghost trying to tell you? Something's about to shift that's why I came in this room this morning to preach this message is to tell you something is about to shift in your life and I'm not talking about some small thing and I'm not talking about a little bit of movement here or there there is a seismic shift about to happen in the body of Christ in the church of Jesus Christ and in your life and if you receive that word I dare you to give God some praise and tell him I receive it I'm ready to shift I'm ready to shift I'm ready to shift out of what I've been in into what I'm called to be. God, I know you got plans. Shift me. God said, I will change the calendar because of what I'm calling you to do. Here comes a shift. For all the darkness we've been living under over the last couple years, with pandemics and racism and pain, the Holy Ghost said, I'm not even gonna wait till 2022. I've got my hand on the shifter and I'm about to shift my church and when I shift my church no devil in hell is going to be able to stop it when I shift my church no disease is going to be able to come in and stop it when I shift my church every principality and power is about to bow to the name of Jesus God is about to prophetically Look at two people say, here comes a shift. 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 Here comes a shift in youth ministry. There's going to be a shift in kids ministry. Here comes a shift. And God said, I did all this liberating second chance because I'm about to shift you. He said, I'm going to change the whole calendar just for you. Everything the enemy wrote over the top of these dates, I'm erasing them. And I'm writing my agenda over your heart. And he said, if you are going to step into this prophetic shift, there are some prerequisites that you are going to have to fulfill. He said, number one, he said, you're going to have to choose a lamb. 
you're going to have to pick a side. You're going to have to look at all the other lambs and pick my kind of lamb if you're going to be on my team. He said, you're going to have to take for yourself a lamb that's a male of the first year without spot or blemish. In other words, my lamb ain't like these other lambs. This might be too simple what I'm about to tell you, but there is still a choice to be made concerning the lamb. See how quiet it is? Because we live in a culture and a world that tells you that we serve the lamb that's like other lambs. That we have a lamb amongst other lambs. But I came to tell the world, in fact, let me just look in the camera and say that there is only one lamb and there is only one way and that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life and nobody comes to the Father but by Him. So I'm making my decision today. I choose the Lamb, the real Lamb, the Son of God. Is there anybody who's made up their mind, you choose the Lamb. My lamb ain't like Buddha. My lamb ain't like oh, Muhammad. My lamb ain't like Confucius. Uh, my lamb ain't like Islam. My lamb ain't like oh, Buddhism. My lamb is the lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. And today on December 5th, I still choose the lamb. Is there anybody that says, as for me and my house, we choose the lamb. As for me and my house, we still choose Jesus. I don't care if they mock me. I don't care if they make fun of me. I don't care if they call me a holy roller. I choose Jesus. See, here's what I know from a theological perspective. God has already chosen you. How do you know that? He's not willing that any should perish but that all uh, last time i checked in the greek you know what all means all he's not willing that any should perish but that all would come to everlasting life god has chosen you if he didn't choose you he wouldn't have made you see that's some of y'all's problem is you think your mom and daddy made you the reason why you're insecure and have low self-worth is because you think it's your mama and daddy and their genetics that made you. But baby, before you were in her womb and before you were in your daddy's loins, uh, let me tell you where you were. You were in God in eternity. And God had already said some things about you that are greater than what anybody else has done to you or said about you. Yes and amen. God has chosen you. The question of the hour is, will you choose the lamb? And not just a lamb for you. The text said, a lamb for your house. I have never, I've been out of youth ministry for three years. I have never seen the attack on a generation like it's happening today. I have never seen more confusion. Am I helping anybody? And chaos concerning this generation. They don't know who they are. They don't know what gender they are. They don't know what they're called to be. They're doing whatever it takes to be noticed and get attention. Why? Because there's a mama and a daddy somewhere that have to make up their mind. That's what the world does, but that's not what we do. We 
oh hallelujah don't find our identity in drugs and pornography and alcohol we don't do we might have done it but we don't do it anymore because we have chosen a lamb Mamas and daddies, I give you permission. Grandmamas, granddaddies, I give you permission to get back in their life. Take the phone away if it needs to be taken away and say, we're not going to let this be your God. We're going to show you that the lamb is so much better than your iPhone. The lamb is so much greater than your Instagram. Somebody in the room has to choose a lamb for you and for your house. I came to make the devil mad this morning. I came to make, I came to provoke you. We can't have another generation die. We can't have another generation not know Pentecost. They must know not just church. They have to know the lamb. A lamb. Choose the lamb. And if you choose the lamb, you are qualified for the next step. Because when you choose the lamb, here's what's going to have to happen. The lamb's got to die. The lamb has to die. You will choose the lamb. Watch this. It's all part of the shift. You will see the lamb slain. And then you will see the lamb eaten. Notice the trajectory of the text. The more he becomes your lamb. Can I be deep? In verse 3, he's a lamb, Pastor Christian. And verse 4, he's the lamb. But by the time you get to verse 5, he's not just a lamb. And he's not just the lamb. He's your lamb. Because as long as you were out there in the world, he was just a lamb amongst lambs. And then there was a day where the Holy Spirit began to illuminate the cross. And you realize that this just ain't a lamb. This is the lamb. But when you step over into conversion by faith, oh, all of a sudden you'll stop saying things like that's a lamb and that's the lamb. He's my lamb. That's my lamb. And when I got my lamb, my lamb goes with me to Walmart. He goes with me to Starbucks. He goes with me to Target because he's my lamb. This is my lamb. My lamb don't get left at home. My lamb goes with me wherever I go because it's my lamb. I'm just reminding you. He's your lamb. The text says that there is a progression by which he becomes their lamb. And then the lamb is slain, and then the blood is poured. He said, you are going to kill this lamb for one reason. Because of the power that is in the blood. Can, 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 I, can I back up, be real deep? He told them to kill it at midnight. Kill it. One, because God looks at all of us as one. So, so I don't care what color you are. We all have to. We all have to come under the same blood of the same lamb. I love my neighbor because it's one blood from one lamb and we're gonna kill it at midnight i'm gonna be prophetic and be done he said kill it at midnight see some of you in the early parts of your life you didn't get saved i know i talked to the younger generation but let me talk to the older folks for the saints of god in the room 
who's thought you've wasted time and thought whatever God said about you wouldn't happen because of all the mistakes you made and all the failures you have. God told me to tell you, you still going to kill it even if it's at midnight. <sighs> it's, what, what am I trying to tell you? That I don't care if you're 60, 70, or 80 and you've not seen it happen. God said, kill it anyway because I'm the God whose promises are still yes and my promises are still amen and I know you think you lost time and I know you think it'll never happen but God says when I see you go through this process I'll redeem the time when I see the lamb he said kill this lamb I got to hurry kill this lamb and when you kill this lamb he said please know what comes out of this lamb is greater than what was on this man What was in it was greater than what was on it because he became flesh and dwelt among us. He became like us, but he really wasn't us because what's in him was greater than the flesh that was upon him. He said, you're going to slay this lamb and then you're going to see why I let him die because there is power power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb oh there is power power wonder working in the precious Ooh. do y'all hear what you just sang when you sang it, every demon started to huddle in a corner somewhere. When you began to sing it, principalities did it. Oh, when you began to sing it, diseases started saying, let me tiptoe out. Because there is still power. Even years and years and years later, there is power in the blood. He said, I want you to realize where your real power is. It's in the blood. He said, and I want you to take that blood and I want you to begin to apply it to your life because as much power as there is in the blood it only begets its power truthfully in you when it's applied he said don't just cut it and let it bleed take the blood take the blood and start to put it on the doorposts and the lentils. He said, because any time that the enemy sees the blood from here on out, uh, it's going to have to pass over you. Oh, oh, I'm just reminding you this morning. Anytime the enemy sees the blood, he's got to... I can't touch that house, can't touch that one, can't touch that one. Why? Because I see the blood. I see the blood. I see the blood. I wonder if there's any blood-bought believers in the room. I wonder if there's any Holy Ghost-filled blood-bought believers who say, I know that there's still power in the blood of Jesus. What if I told you you might be dead if it had not been for the blood? Uh, the enemy would have had his way if he had not been for the blood. Uh, but he got close, uh, was coming in for the kill. And as his hand came down, it had to stay because of the blood of Jesus on your behalf. Oh, why don't we take 30 seconds in this room and give God a shout of praise uh, for the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Oh, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. 
In fact, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over your children. Hey, folks, some come on me right there. I plead the blood over your children and your grandchildren. And I declare no weapon formed against them shall be able to prosper. I plead the blood of Jesus over every demonic attack against every demonic attack. Satan, the blood is against you. I'm going to get real bold to every unborn baby. Oh, to every unborn baby. I plead the blood of Jesus and I declare, let the giant of abortion fall in the name. today because I'm sick and tired of seeing baby after baby aborted oh things are shifting be seated let me finish glory to God 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey. He said, apply the blood and the enemy sees the blood. He'll have to pass over. And every preacher, I'm done. Every preacher preaches the blood out of this text and then puts the mic down. But I came today to tell you that at the application of the blood it was just the beginning because he said you have put the blood on the outside so that nothing from the outside could affect what was about to happen on the inside I put a layer of protection because of what was about to happen between you and me see out there the blood on the doorpost is about covering but when you come inside this door you will switch from being covered to being connected Because the best transformation happens from the inside out. So get in there, shut the door. Me and you got a relationship to discover. 
well what do you want us to do take the lamb who you've chosen the lamb who's been slain the lamb whose blood you have applied he said now take it he said and put it in the fire I want you to watch the suffering of this lamb as it is cooked not by water but by fire it is a picture to the church of Jesus who even though it was our place to be subject to the judgment the fires of judgment he who knew no sin became the lamb so that we could become the righteousness of God and before God would ever give us hellfire he let his son go through the fires of judgment on our behalf oh can you imagine looking at the lamb while the fire is cooking and hurting and roasting this lamb ladies and gentlemen it'll make you see Jesus different when you realize he took everything Ooh, that was supposed to be yours uh, through the judgment of God and the holiness of God he he who knew no sin became roasted by fire he said I want you to eat it after you roast it unleavened bread unleavened bread unleavened bread is bread without leaven leaven in the Bible represents sin in other words he says this kind of sacrifice goes best with holiness you want to pair your salvation with something that's good pair it with holiness pair it with holiness because God still demands holiness from his people he still demands a people who know that their only destiny is to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ listen I know you got your destiny and I know you got your niche but hear me, there is one destiny in Scripture assigned to all mankind. In the book of Romans, it says that we have been predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. So holiness with salvation is a meal I can eat. Watch this, I'm done. He said, and after you have roasted it, I preached all that for this. He said, after you have roasted it, he said, after you got the bread ready, he said, here is what I'm trying to do. I don't want you just to have relationship. I want you to have union with Christ. What do you mean, Pastor Josh? Because the final command before they were allowed to go was you got to eat this thing. You got to go beyond just being covered in your Christianity to being deeply connected in your Christianity, to go from being around Christ to being in Christ. The Pauline epistles use the words in God, in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, over and over and over to tell us that the only way you will ever enjoy your salvation, the only way you will ever enjoy your walk with God is to come out of religion and step into union. Well, how do I come into union? I gotta eat him. I got to eat him. Well, what do you want me to eat, God? He said, I want you to eat its head. You got to eat the lamb's head. Why? Because I want his mind. I want the mind of Christ. The book, the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. I want his mind. I want to think like he thinks. I want to have his perspective about life and situation. I need to eat the lamb. What else? His head, his head, his mind, his ears. Because I want to hear like him.
I want to hear from the same level of obedience that Jesus did. I want to hear. I got to eat his head. Oh, his eyes. Because I want to see like him. I want to see humanity like he sees humanity. Oh, see how quiet it's getting right now? Because it's possible to know him and not be in him. How do I know? How do I know you can be? How do I know that you can know of him and not really know him? Is that you can shout and praise God in here and be mean to waitresses and waiters out there. You can sing praise to your Father and have unforgiveness in your heart. Come on into the Lamb. He said, he, it's head, it's eye, it's mouth. I want to talk like him. I want to open my mouth and it be my voice but his words. This is Christianity. Eat its legs, he said. Watch this, why? Because I want to walk like him. I want to walk how he walked and surrender and obedience to him. You know why I want to walk like him? Because he walked with authority and power. He Anywhere he stepped into, there was such authority in his walk that demons began to flee. He didn't fight with anything because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. He said, I'm going to use spiritual authority to handle situations. So eat the legs. Lastly, eat the entrails. I want his heart. I want to emote like God. I don't want to be ruled by my emotions. I want to have the emotions of Christ that I don't respond like everybody else. He said, the only way you do that is if you eat the lamb. He said, and what you don't understand is every time you eat the lamb, that part of the lamb gets in you. For what you partake of, it allows him to participate in. You want to know? You are only weak in the areas you have not eaten of him. You are only struggling in the places you have not eaten the lamb. He says, because if you eat this lamb, he said it won't belong. He said, before this lamb gets in you. He said, watch this. And the Bible says that in your weakness, he is strong. And I wondered how he could be strong for me until I realized that when I eat of him, he can be strong in me. And when I don't know how to respond, the lamb will respond for me. And when I don't know how to pray, the lamb will pray for me. And when I don't know what to do, the lamb will move for me. Oh, I need the lamb. I need the lamb. I need the lamb. I need the lamb. What he's trying to tell them, I'm done, is that your current life is a product of what you have been consuming. How you're living tells everybody around you what you've been eating. This final thing, look around the world we're living in. It's never been colder. 
It's never been darker. Hear me by the Holy Ghost. It's never been angrier. I sat in line at Starbucks the other day and watched two arguments break out in a matter of five minutes. People angry at one another, entitled to things, yelling at each other, cursing at each other. And my heart broke because I didn't see the lamb. We get on Facebook and we bash one another and pretend it has no significance because it's digital. But we are still killing our brothers and sisters with our words. What would the world look like if we were in union with him and he was in union with us and he through us was to the world what he was to once us? We need a revolution. We need a love revival. And the only way the world changes is when those who claim relationship with the Lamb go into union with Christ. A while back, I was at the airport, Atlanta airport, preaching. I was tired. And I got to the gate, thought my flight was going to leave on time. And of course, when you're real tired, nothing goes like you wanted to go. And they said, sir, your flight's delayed and the gate's been moved. So now I gotta go from B terminal to D terminal and I'm tired. I'm not in the best of moods. Come on somebody, can I be real? You ever been so tired you're just angry? <laughs> and I remember I sat down and I looked over and there was a bookshop and it looked like they were closing for the night. And the Lord said, go buy a book. I said, Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to read nothing except the back of my eyelids. He said, go buy a book. I walked in the bookstore. There was literally nobody in the bookstore. Nobody. I thought, man, Lord, you want me to steal a book? And then I remembered I'm a pastor. We don't do that. So I picked up a book that I really didn't even want in a situation I really didn't want to be in. And I walked that book to the front. Just as I got to the front, a guy comes running out the back, wiping food off his mouth. He said, I'm so sorry. He said, I was on my break. I didn't mean to. We were closed and I didn't have time to eat. I was just taking a break. And he, I apologize. Is this all you need? And as soon as he said that, the lamb, I'm sorry, I just felt the same moment. I felt the lamb stand up in me and say, that might be all I want. But what do you need? And I looked at this young man and I said, hey man, I don't know what you've been walking through. I'm not even supposed to be at this gate, but I feel like God has sent me. I'm a pastor and I feel like he sent me to this bookstore just to tell you that he loves you. He sent me to tell you that no matter what you've done or where you've been, he still has a plan for your life. He sent me to tell you that all of his promises over you as a little boy are still true and still yes and amen. When I said yes and amen, he dropped behind the, behind the, the, the counter to his knees and started to cry profusely. He said, 
tell me this is real. Tell me this. I said, it's real. It's real. He said, no, no, no. You don't understand. He said, I was sitting in the back. He said, see, I was a Christian at one point in time, and I've really gotten away from my faith. I've, I've been partying and drinking and drugging, and I've been doing the things I know I'm not supposed to do. He said, and I was sitting back there so miserable, so lonely, so desperate. He said that I said to myself, God, if you're real, send somebody to me. He said, I just prayed it. I just said it. I just declared. I just yelled it. He said in the back, he said, look around. He said, look around, sir. He said, there's nobody else in this store. you got to be the one God sent. See, you know when I realized? That wasn't Josh. Because if Josh would have had his way, I'd have stayed tired, stayed in my seat and done nothing. But when you get in union with Christ, the Lamb will be for you what you can't be for yourself. Because ladies and gentlemen, there are still people out there that need Jesus. There are still people out there waiting on a word from God. They're waiting for somebody to make a difference. And God is saying, you are what you eat. Stand to your feet, everybody. The Lord provoked my heart to tell you that this holiday season is not meant to be like any other holiday season before it God is looking for some people who would eat the lamb so the lamb could be in them and them be in the lamb and then use those people to make a difference the reason he saved you is because there were other people that needed saving the reason he blessed you wasn't so that you could be blessed. It's so that every time you would use that, it looks like John singing, but it's really the Lamb's song. I preached this morning, and it's my voice, but it's the Lamb's sermon. Where, who is God leading you to? He said, when you do this, put on your sandals, gird up your loins, because when I see this kind of relationship, we're going to run. We're going to move. Maybe the only thing holding back your movement is that you haven't eaten the lamb. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, there is a moment you get to in God when you hear this kind of reminder where you begin to realign your heart and your life with the Lamb why don't you just slip up your hands why don't right there where you're sitting open up your mouth and partake and eat and how sweet it is how sweet it is trust you Jesus to know you I mean really know you come on just slip up your hands Father, Son, tell him Lord I want to think like you the Holy Shepherd I want to know what I you know so deep fix my heart again oh God it can't be measured a love that's real come on take 30 seconds right there in your seat.
love that's weathered. Come on, open your mouth. How sweet it is. You can't eat with a closed mouth. Trust you, Jesus. I feel the anointing. Know you. I mean, really know you, Father, Son, and Holy Shepherd. A love so deep it can't be measured. A love that's real. Come on, 15 seconds. Come on, sing it again, John. A love that's weathered. Oh, how sweet it is. How sweet it is to trust you, Jesus. To know you. I mean, really know you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Come on, you are what you eat this morning. Eat. Love so deep, it can't be measured. A love that's real. A love that's weathered. Come on, I hear the Holy Ghost say, eat for just a moment. Partake. How sweet, how sweet it is. Partake. To trust you, Jesus. It's a lamb for a house. To know you, I mean really know you. Father, Son, and Holy Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.